Hello, I'm Ian. And I'm Raoul. And uh, welcome to our new podcast, Hope in a Mad World. So this week we are going to be exploring Raoul's journey uh, so far. Last week we looked at my journey, this week we're going to look at Raoul's. And at some point we're doing the, this uh, this process, we're going to find out what Raoul's been into this week as well. So look out for that. Da, Last da, week da. it was Walnut Liqueur. What will it be this week? So Raoul. Let's uh, open up. Where where does this journey start for you? Gosh, um, so this journey, I, I think basically these all these the podcasts are, are, are going to focus around um, finding your place in a changing world. Okay, and as, as a young person growing up within a church background, I had a real strong sense of um, the local church being um, really meaningful, and that that, that this is this is highly significant it's the model this is what we should be involved in a whole set of beliefs that um i took on i don't know how many hundreds of hours i sat under sermons or in seminars and listening to people talking and teaching you know how many books are read and so on uh i, I did a year of bible college at one point as well um and, and, and so absorbed all that and yet i found myself as I grew up, completely unexpected as I grew up, as, as time went on, completely unexpectedly on the outside of that world, and also finding that those beliefs are being what's the word rigorously challenged, so that the, the bad stuff gets shaken off and the good stuff retained, and you go deeper on the good stuff, and all, all that's happened in the context of a just a, a rapidly changing world out there, which part of the reason we call this hope in a mad world is. Yeah. Is we're finding ourselves in a very disconcerted, topsy turvy, upside down. There's a, a lyric in um, a, a Bob Dylan song. He said, "You'll find out when you reach the top, you're at the bottom. You know what's good is bad, and and, and so on." <laughs> and that's not to label any particular thing. It's just to say everything's been inverted and challenged. And and, and so in that disrupted world, have we found uh, a place that's valid and there's life in in, in God, which is good. And we have a hope for the future and where there's certainty and there's meaningful community and we're pursuing meaningful purposes and, and seeing hope for the future that beyond ourselves and so on. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't expect that. Right. But so really that's, you know, sums up, you know, why I'm involved in this, I suppose. Right. So, so you, you said um, that you found yourself outside yeah. of that what happened you know what what was the journey to that finding yourself was it just suddenly you found yourself outside or? <laughs> yeah. yeah so as i said we're, we're part of a, a, a large organization of evangelical churches and been a member of those for years i go since, since 1985 really to about um the early two, 2005 so about 20 odd years there many of those years i was involved in worship leading and and uh as someone once said, before it was a thing. <laughs> I, I don't know what a thing is, but um, yeah, so, so I was doing all that, involved in all the meetings, absolutely involved and embedded in it. Um, then in, I think around the later 90s, 96, 97, uh, a lot of those churches were beginning to adopt a new inverted commas paradigm called the Cell Church, which they're importing from um, other, other parts of the world where, it's, where it had been fruitful for them. And, and basically this sort of, laid overlaid a sort of format on on, on what was an already organic thing and, mm. and authentic there was authentic organic and mm. we overlaid this odd structure, structure. and mm. and suddenly 
you know, people who were friends and mates were suddenly distanced from ourselves and formalised. It, 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 was, it was an odd experience. And at that point, we, we, we moved for separate reasons from that to um, another town uh, where the church group we were joining there were doing what they called home church at the time. And home church, very simply, was was really like an inverted um, I would say it's an inverted version of what we'd been involved in. That meant, for example, the house groups, which in the past, we, you know, your Sunday is where it's at. That's the church. And then during the week, right. you meet in your various house groups or whatever. With this one, we are now the house group was the center of life. Yeah. And once a month, we'd meet together oh, right. for a celebration. Yeah. So it's inverted. And what that meant was everybody's involved in all kinds of stuff. And you'd have real life with everybody in your group because you're spending all your time with them. And we actually felt that was one of the most healthy um, experiences of inverted commas church, um, and, and still today it was a very rich, healthy life space. So we had no desire to move on from it, um, <laughs> but for the people who were leading the the space we were in, re- took the view that you know the, the, even this isn't going to fill the earth with what God wants to do, and they moved on beyond it and left us all sort of stranded um and i and i thought well if you move from church down to home church where do you go next how do you break this thing up and shut it down so we found ourselves uh in the early 2000s outside of even that and that was quite a difficult thing we'd moved to another town and i I felt god say to me this was quite unusual but i I do believe it was god he said i don't want you to go and join a church Mm. Or, or I put that differently. I don't want you to go and join a congregation. And so I had a sort of clash of conscience because historically I'd, I've always been, it's spent 20 years in yeah, this. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yet I'm hearing God say something different. Yeah. So we did try and go to a few just to test that we hadn't got it wrong. And it just was not, it was a really bad fit. It was just, it just smelt and felt wrong in every right. way. So we were on the outside and then he began to ask a lot of questions. We had young children at the time. Well, you know, if you're part of a church, your children go to um, youth group and young people's work and so on. That's a really healthy, mm. good environment right. for them and so on. So what are we going to do with our kids? How are we going to bring them up in that? So, you know, as it happened, they went along to the local Methodist church and through the um, preschool there. And so they became part of that youth community. Yeah. And that was a good thing for them um, as it happened. Mm. But it was never a place that gave us life. Right. Um you know, we, we were sort of outside and alongside, but not in it. And mm-hmm. during the whole of this period, we're not there because of conviction that this is, you know, this is the thing. It's just that God said this out mm. here is where we should be. And we don't know what we're trying to find. So it's, mm. it's a whole series of questions. Right. Um, but over what, what I can say is over time, we have found that we are more embedded in community, more embedded in the Bible more embedded in a relationship with God and accountability with Him than actually happened in the preceding twenty years. I would that's, say that's very interesting. And so, so you were you found more community. So where did, where did you find that? Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> well, this is this is the point. If 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 you if you're part of a big church, you within a say there's a church of two hundred people you're part of. It's probably five to ten people who are your circle within that. And, mm. and, and I'm not talking about cliques, but I think. No. Yeah, people. You can't relate to two hundred people. You know, you can. You probably have fun. well, not on an intimate, deep level, yeah. right? Yeah, you, so, some kind of relationship, but not. Yeah. So I the, that. your community yeah. is always smaller. So what you're doing is you're looking first of all, for who's my the five people in my life who are part of my life where I get life, friendship, 
and we share life with it at some level. And there were a number of people where we had those relationships. And so you have a local life level. And, And what we did, because I think part of our training through the home church process was we, again, home church was a small group itself. So now I'm finding kind of small group outside there, but it's not formalized now. But we, we start doing the same thing we've always learned, which is if you want, it's in our DNA, it's in our way of thinking. And that was to sit down. If we sit down for the coffee, it's not just, you know, in order to see the football the other night or something mm. like that. It's things like, you know, how's life? How's things going? Mm. And you start to, you know, we find out and you say, well, what's God saying in your life at the moment? Mm. Just, just at a That's French friendship level. Yeah. And so actually God and the word and community and the spirit of God around that and where two or more are gathered on there as well becomes real yeah. and in fact because you're not part of a congregation you've got to dig into that you've got to find life there because if you don't you're not going to have it right so that's part of it and then I also discovered over time that there are other kinds of wisdom and authority we need in our lives and also we need to bring to other people's lives that aren't part of the local mm-hmm. thing here so if you like there are circles of mm-hmm. community which are based on telephones between people <laughs> over like with yourself you know so you develop meaningful lifelong relationships where you you go deep and you hear god and you share and encourage one another but they're not just local they so you have sort of circles and again it's not about um i'm trying to hide what i'm doing over here from those guys here keep it sort of separate because if you want to do that you'll do that anyway whether you're in a big congregation or not yeah right and but actually if you want life you can and do find life in that way. Mm. So, so we've got people in different parts of the world who are part of one level of community. So yeah. different sort of circles. So you were kind of ahead of the curve then, you know. So I think the pandemic has shown us that, right? Is is that you can have community <laughs> Zoom meetings? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just that's really interesting that that in some ways you're already ahead of that curve in terms of learning how to do community, not just in a local face-to-face way, but yeah. actually in other yeah. ways as well, because of a necessity, would you say? Yeah, very much. I mean, the yeah. whole thing's been driven by, where do we find life here? You know, yeah. it's, if you want to take a parable, you know, Israelites going to the wilderness, they've got to find bread, they've got to find water. Well, where are you going to find it? Mm. Uh, if you want life, you'll find it. Mm. If you want to be on your own yeah. and live your own kind of hypocritical religious thing where you're hiding from God and others, you'll do that in a big church or a small, you know, so that's, that's been my experience. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that for everyone. I'm saying that's where God led us. But over that period, you also begin to see more and more people who you thought were, you know, going to be inside of what we would have known as typical (laughs) congregations being sort of uh, finding themselves on the outside for so many different reasons. And then you begin to, um, you know, to share and encourage and help those people find that space themselves, not building them to us, because no. that, that that feels like. Uh, I think what I've learned over the time is this: is that Jesus gave three, he identified three levels of community. If if you just look at Jesus' language, this is first. There's family. You know, John, this is your mother. Yeah. Uh, Mary, this is your son. You know, yeah. he puts right. people in the family. And then there's um, friendship. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Mm. Back on the family one, of course, he yeah. talked to the father as well. Yeah, so, right, yeah. so you've got family, you've got friendship. <clears throat> and then he also talks about neighbours, who was, was this man's neighbour. So there are three levels of community uh, which are more intimate and less intimate and, and actually mm. don't involve any kind of intimacy at all, but do involve some kind of obligation mm. to show up in their lives yeah. with good things and so on. 
And also that, that all three have intentionality, right? And it seems to me that a lot of what you're saying is that you have to be really intentional about that. That's, that's great yeah, training. Yeah, yeah. And see, if some people God will call to be part of a congregation. So if someone's listening to this podcast today and say, these guys are just anti-church. No, 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 no. It's a God took us out here, so we had to find what to yeah. do. But if I was part of a congregation and God said to do that, I'd, in that congregation, I'd be looking for who my family is, who my friends are, and who my neighbours are. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's very good. Yeah, yeah and, very we, we, had, we just had to figure it out for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, Esther, uh, my, my wife, has often said she just loves, you know, church that we were involved in in the past. And yet when she goes along, she goes, oh, gosh, this is not what I, you know, it's, it's not what I'm longing for. And she knows that what we're doing is more authentic. Um, not more authentic, but it's actually where we've well, More authentic life. to you is, is probably the, the issue, right? Yeah, and yeah. life-giving, and and, and 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 it's where God wants us to be. So um, I think we're in a highly disrupted world. I sense that God is breaking up our past understandings. But not only is the structural things, it's also the things we used to believe. Mm. So there's a whole set of beliefs I think as evangelical Christians, and I'm thinking back to around 1990, 1995, you know, there's things I believe then I just find abhorrent now, (laughs) to be honest. Um, And I I think I'm still fairly orthodox. We're going to explore these in the future. But but for for now, I think what I ended up doing was, I think what they call it cognitive dissonance, where you hold different ideas in your head that don't fit together. And so, so for the way I handled that was to just not go there. Mm. I said, God's got that covered. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. But then as part of this, you know, um, later phase, if you want, I find God really pointing the, mm. at these things, saying, I want to speak to you about it. I want to uncover it. I want to go into this. And so there are bits where you've just got to go and find what God is saying and who he is and whatever else. And so a lot of those beliefs and assumptions, and if you want laziness, on, on part of meeting God in those places has had to come up because I think as well when you're living in real community and and worried about or more concerned about how you show up in people's lives those beliefs and assumptions that you you might hold and not look at you you've really be, got to be they become into they come into focus you can't live with right. them anymore yeah uh, so, so yeah it's, it's... so when you say laziness do you mean when you're in the larger thing you're more lazy and you're not now or you feel lazy now. <laughs> no, when I say laziness, I mean it's, it's failing to engage with stuff because actually there's a guy leading the church. Let those guys worry about that. Right. I'll just lead the worship or I'll just do my thing in my box. Now, when you're outside that and you've got to find your, your life and you've got to show up in other people's lives and, you, right. and God begins to show you all kinds of new stuff, this all gets thrown into relief. Um, and it's been quite disconcerting sometimes. Things which are holy cows have had to go. Um but and you and I've talked about this. You see, the things that we have become front and center for us now were the things that we assumed took to be trivial, to be light, to be ephemeral. Mm. They're, they're so clear. They're so obvious. They're too familiar as believers. Mm. The nature of God: love, goodness, kindness, gentleness. These things suddenly you drill deeper. Not suddenly, you come to drill deeper, and suddenly you find a lot more life in them. Right. Uh, and actually, you're more centered in the person of Jesus. I would say. But, but but other stuff that didn't matter so much gets, you know, you realise it's actually standing in the way of what he's trying to do in you and others. Mm. Um, 
so that's been a journey. Um, <laughs> and and, and uh, listen, I, I wouldn't expect everybody to agree with all of us on these beliefs because mm. we're not trying to set out a creed here. No, right. Yeah. Or a, doctor, a doctrine. And actually, as theologians, we're, I'm pretty rubbish. I, you know, I'm not, not saying I've been through the Greek and you know, the, all the Masoretic texts and established these ideas. I'm just saying, as you walk with Jesus, things which are taken as assumptions, he's put his finger on and said, that's going to change. I right. need to show you something different. So, so, you know, so that's kind of the general context and picture and stuff. But I know, because I, obviously I know you, yeah. our listeners don't know you. So, so in terms of uh, things like business, which I, you know, I know is that that's been a big part of who you are, what you did, yeah, yeah. but in a very different way from how, you know, it's not like you're, um, you know, often, often we like a workaholic, and that's why you're not going to church, yeah, right? Yeah, like, because yeah. that, you know, it can become an excuse as well, can't it? But it's, I, I sense there's, there's more to it than that for you. Yeah, and it's like you said in it last week. It's, it's how you're wired um, determines how you show up in the world. Mm. So, you know, I was part of a, a quite a big, good company, but up to about to year two thousand, and when, when I figured out that people junior to me in another side of the business were getting paid more than me, even though I, was, I loved my job. I realized I'm just in the wrong thing here. So I thought I'll, I'll leave and go start my own thing. And I, I'm wired to think and act like that um, and, and learn as well. So um, so I ended up setting up my own businesses, failing badly, but learning over time how, how to make success of that. And then I think again, because of the way I'm wired, I started starting up businesses in opportunities that had real ability to scale right. uh, and that takes you on a very rapid learning curve so so um, we created a digi digital media company um, we had some outstanding growth on that and um, you know we were involved in some major brand launches globally and we performed you know really high uh, on their schedule of um, partners that delivered for them um, you know we, we were up there with some major major brands uh, and uh, so, so we're doing that, and, and and then I realized that Google were eating away my business. So we were like, well, let's go and build a piece of tech to go and you know how hard can it be? And uh, so we ended up building, a, 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 a starting a tech company, which is operating at the extremes of speed, scale, and smarts, which in computing is the most challenging thing you can do. And with that came very substantial investors, you know, sort of um, seven-figure investment sums coming in. Uh, you've got uh, management teams and boards and lots of employees, and it's it's that was a fast learning curve, uh, <laughs> and and uh, I think through this is is always trying to find out who your community is, and how to hear what God is saying and how to do that and walk it out. Um, I, I think for me, I, I I like to boil things down to the the most simple rudiments I can so I know if I'm doing the basics when when you're in dis disorienting okay. times so for me following God is about saying what is he saying and am I doing it and if I if I'm not clear on what he's saying is well then who can help me how can I find out and if I'm not doing it is who can help me do it or how can I do it? so those that to me seems the essence of discipleship mm. and it keeps you on the straight and narrow uh, and and when you're helping others, it's generally instead of telling them what to do, you say, well, "What's God saying to you?" Mm -hmm. And let, let's try and help you hear God about any given issue. And then how can we help you to do that? Mm -hmm. So 
so yeah, the, the whole business context is your, your work, but it's still learning God in the workplace, God in the boardroom, God in the um, home and family, God, God in, in your town, wherever you are. Um, and then using what you learn to build the next stage of your life mm. on more solid principles and foundations. Um, make sure those things are, are built in, hardwired in, so that you learn from your mistakes as you go forward. That's been our journey, I suppose. So, uh, just picking that up on the business stuff, then. So, so where is that now, Raul? You know, where where are you now in that in that journey that you have? Yeah. So, um, the past um, the, the past phase has been involved in aviation. Um, in, in in our town, they were closing down the airport, and it just felt wrong and bad that. That we could, you know, it's a peripheral city needed to be connected and so on, and it just didn't feel like the right thing. And and so we, with a number of other business people, got involved to um, create a a, a, a credible um, airport operator that had a plan to to get that sorted out and and, and really sort of to, to lobby for that, make the case for it, and then to go deliver it. And so um, again, using the things we've learned over the pre- previous phases into that space and uh so that's called fly plymouth right that's called fly plymouth yeah. I, I just want to i just want to put that up there because if you live in plymouth or around plymouth mm. you haven't heard about this go look at it because uh you know you need you need to have a a, a good airport yeah, yeah. There. and it's a really exciting time to be doing because the regional aviation is regenerating with um, electric aircraft hydrogen powered and so on so it's a bright smart clean future with lots of high-tech jobs creating loads of economic value for the local area and fitting in with national and local policy is something we can really be proud of. Um, but it's it's rooted in, you know, the whys are, are, are rooted in the kinds of things we've been discussing here. Um, you know, we, we need to show up in the world to make the, our worlds a better place, uh, not only in our communities, but in a, also in our wider communities sometimes. If, if you're not called to be doing those things, don't go do them. You know, <laughs> this is not something I recommend. Uh, but sometimes there are things that do matter, and um, you know, lots, people have got lots of different reasons for being involved. Um, those are ours, and um, you know, we're really proud of what we're putting together. I mean, listening to the the journey, obviously, I've walked some of that journey with you. I know how fascinating that is, and uh, you know, I think you've got a lot to share on the stuff that you've learned in those areas as well. Um, but in kind of cl- closing up and summing up a little um what would you be the things that you say you what you've learned what 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 are the you know if you had to do it in a sentence or a couple of sentences what would be the yeah. things that you would well as, as i say you i found you learn the tougher it gets the more you learn because the deeper you got to dig and the deeper you got to go and i think that the, the most surprising thing is that we've learned i would say i've learned the most profound things in the most simple and obvious and taken for granted uh, things like, like the nature of God, you know, love, joy, peace, goodness, yeah. kindness, gentleness, fruit, spirit, and so on. Um, I think my to sum it up is this: is is I think when we were involved in church in the past, the exciting things in church was, are you leading things, are you finding significance, and those sorts of things. Now I'd say the best part of inverted commas Christianity is this: is the person of God, is who He is. Yeah. Discovering that is. It's just been transformational. He, he, he is the best bit of this whole thing. And then w- when you begin to drill into those those issues and how God wants to work those out in the world, 
around it. Really, tra- it's it's a transformational worldview, and that's part of the reason we set this podcast up is so we can really unpack them. It's not for now, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll do that on another one. But um, yeah, so 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 do subscribe and um, come and listen to some more. But uh, that yeah, very excited about all that stuff. Yeah. So I know that you've got a really good Baptist three worder, you know, that starts with the same letter. Oh yes. So yes, I, yes. I I know you have because you keep telling me. Yeah, it. yeah, so yeah. So I, I just think to, just to finish because I think that'll sum up. Yeah. Exactly what, what a lot of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It? Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, summary of what we've yeah. learned is three things: friends, family, fruit. Brilliant. And I tell you, if you were a Baptist minister, you they'd be really proud of you, because <laughs> that's what they do, right? The three Fs. I, I, by yeah. the way, I'm from a Baptist background, so I can say that. <laughs> it's not a criticism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Ralph. That's been brilliant, and I, yeah. I'm sure we're going to unpack a lot more of that as time goes on. Uh, so that's uh, I'm looking forward to that, and looking forward to the next episode. Hopefully, our listeners are as well. <laughs> Let's take a little. Segment, segue here, yes, in and say, okay, what have you been into this week, Ralph? Can you beat homemade <laughs> walnut liqueur? Do you know what? At the risk of making this sound like some kind of um, booze-soaked, um, you know, um, <laughs> friend, friendship we have, um, this one's alcoholic too. They won't all be, but these, this one. Yeah, is. let's try not to do alcohol yeah. next week, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were in London last week to go and see a Queen concert, and I sat down in a, a cafe. Um, to get a milkshake in the afternoon because it's a hot afternoon and they they had what they call hard milkshakes I thought oh that's interesting basically it's a vanilla milkshake with a shot of Jack Daniels and I'm going to tell you it's a thing in future take a hip flask of Jack Daniels with you to McDonald's get your drive get someone to to drive you there (laughs) (laughs) let's not do the drive through bit (laughs) but yeah just slip one in the top I'm telling you it's a thing it's a uh, it led me to experiment at home because we, we got the fridge full of these um, creme caramels, you know. Oh, yeah. I found out if you slip a Jack Daniels liqueur into a creme caramel, mm-mm. <laughs> it's, it's um, yes, not if you're um, dealing with alcoholism, but if you're not, then it's a nice way to have breakfast. Oh. <laughs> breakfast, dinner, treat. Well, Bre- breakfast? <laughs> I said that, didn't I? I don't mean breakfast. You, I mean... S- you did say that. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we, we've hopefully got rid of anyone listening to us now who wouldn't want to be wouldn't want to be involved in yes. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be associated. So, there we go. You know, is it a business in this role? That's the question. Is that? I think a partnership between Jack Daniels and Danone. I think that you know be <laughs> they, they they could make a lot of money. A lot think? of money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ridiculous you are, like it, eh? Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?